You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and we have some news to discuss today. We actually do. It's actually something out there that could be detrimental to AM, but also could be a great start for somebody else. And that's the head coach at Kansas job. Somebody from Texas AM is mentioned as potentially a finalist to land the gig. Who is it? We'll discuss that. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. For all you new followers coming over from Tigna, make sure that you also subscribe to the podcast by going on to social media and follow me at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday every single day, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the repertoire. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man-related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day, because every single day is a Locked on Aggies podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. So I really did not want to open the show with this. And part of the reason why I didn't do this yesterday was because of, unfortunately, I record my Tuesday shows earlier in the day because of Tuesdays are really, really busy for me. But naturally, the news broke that Les Miles would no longer be the head coach at Kansas. Uh, he was placed on administrative leave on Friday of last week amidst the accusations of appropriate inappropriate behavior towards female students during his head coaching tenure at LSU. Kansas announced on Monday, and again, I record on Monday afternoons early, that he was out as the head coach. That happened very late Monday night. When Les Miles was identified as the lead candidate to be the head coach in 2018, the University of Kansas and Kansas Athletics did their best with all hirings, ran through multiple checks on Coach, uh, coach Miles. That was a statement made by Kansas Athletic Director Jeff Long. Long said that in early February, Miles Camp made Kansas aware of the legal dispute that was going on in Louisiana, but couldn't share any more information on it. Long also asked Miles if there was anything that the school and the athletic department needed to be worried about with the situation, and Miles naturally told them no. At this point, we requested copies of all reports released to Les Miles while he was at LSU. Long went on to say, we were given a variety of reasons from Miles' legal counsel why they would not be able to provide us. On February 24th, we learned some details of the allegations when the Advocate published its initial article, followed by the USA Today article later that same day. These have been a secret settlement of a sexual harassment investigation back in 2013. Miles had three years and about $8 million left on his five-year contract that he signed in November of 2018. The two settled on a $1.99 million buyout to get him out of the program. This is a very serious situation, but it's also a very saddening one. Because I think that there's a lot of people out there, and, and I'm not going to go any further into this because of that's not the point of the show. But a lot of people out there, when Les Miles left LSU, they understood Miles' departure. But they still were sad because of he was a character. Because of he was a, 
a confidant. He was, you know, this this wacky and zany kind of guy who ate grass and got along with, you know, got along with reporters and made sure that everyone had a good time. And then this allegation drops. And the problem is it's not one, it's multiple. And that's what's really saddening about it all. That Miles, like many other coaches in the NCAA and in the NFL and in any sport, really, the power gets a little too high and I think that they are invincible. And unfortunately, it always finds a way. And this is just a a damning, terrible moment for his legacy for the legacy of LSU and for the legacy of Kansas. There's so many people involved in this where it's just so saddening. But you have to find a new head coach. The college football season is not going to be put on hold just because Kansas does not have a head coach. And there's multiple names out there that definitely are going to be in the consideration for the head coaching job. In fact, according to CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd, there were several names already listed, including Buffalo's Lance Leopold, Army's Jeff Munkin, Tulane's Willie Fritz, Illinois assistant Kevin Kane, Kent State's Sean Lewis, UAB Bill Clark, and Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lamming. However, there was one name that stuck out most on that list, and it was Texas A&M's offensive coordinator Daryl Dickey. Dickey joined the Aggie staff in 2018 after Jimbo Fisher's arrival and took on the role of the offense coordinator and quarterback's coaching position. A&M finished fourth in the Southeastern Conference in total uh, in total offense and scoring defense in both 2018 and 2019. Twice since that time, Dickey has valued the development of Kellen Mond, who won the Most Valuable Player Award at the Reese's Senior Bowl in 2021. The Aggies also ranked fourth nationally in the final polls for 2020, the highest that they have been since pre-World War II. 1939 was the last time they were as high as number four in the final top top 10 poll, top 25 poll. So Dickey does have experience. Dickey has been in the coaching realm for over 30 years. He also has value as a running backs coach, I think a lot of people go, well, what, why do we want a runner on the field? Well, simple, in my opinion, if you don't have a quarterback, you have to have an option at, uh, at running back. That's just it. Have you watched what Puka Williams did when he played? I thought that, and I think a lot of people know this, I'm very high on Puka Williams to make an impact at the next level because of he's what the NFL is looking for. Now, of course, there's things off the field that I think will stunt his growth in the NFL potentially. But as a player, the way the NFL is going, I think Puka Williams is a perfect fit for for teams that are looking for a third down running style. Because he's good, he's he's athletic, he's agile, but he's really good with his hands. And that's a big selling point at this point, in my opinion, to anyone looking for a running back. But again, the Jayhawks haven't had a quarterback I don't even remember the last good quarterback for, for Kansas. I, I mean, again, everyone knows the Jayhawks as a basketball school. That's what they are. Bill Self and what they have done at the Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, I mean, there's so many memories. And Kansas needs a safe hire. I, I mean, like, that's the biggest thing. Does Dickey fit the safe hire mold? Well, I think if they want to establish the run, it works a lot. Because of what Dickey did this past year was he worked with an offense that had three, not one, but three 
multitude of runners who were used in a variety of different ways to be successful with the offense. Kellen Mond was great. I mean, Kellen Mond was a very sound quarterback in 2020. Limited turnovers, pretty good job keeping drives alive. Had his games. Had his games where he looked amazing. Had his games where you wanted to rip your hair out and just scream as loud as you could, what are you doing? LSU? Anyone want to talk about that game? Okay, for, for that game, we can also talk about how he played against Tennessee. How he played against North Carolina. Same thing. But the one constant that I feel like was always there was the run game. Now don't get me wrong, only Isaiah Spiller came close to eclipsing 1,000 yards. He did when they played in the Orange Bowl, but he came one game shy, and like I think it was like 20 yards shy of 1,000 yards on the year. And that's where you kind of sit, was A&M had the opportunity to use a burly back in Spiller and set up drives. But they weren't limited just to him, which is amazing because of a year ago, Spiller was their only option. Anias Smith moved from slot receiver to running back, and he was a good change of pace back, but he also was really good with his hands. The NFL and the college games, they're becoming pass eccentric. That's always what they're doing. They're moving into the realm of maybe not West Coast style offense, but definitely a style of offense that I do think is going to be more pass-friendly than ever. You're going to start stop seeing these running backs take 22 carries a game. Now, you're going to see them take about 13. Maybe you'll see a total of 19, but the secondary runner getting about 6. And the rest of the time, you're passing. Because you have to. You got to move the ball, you got to keep, keep drives alive, and you got to continue to score. Because it's proven at this point, any team can come back at any moment if you can't put up points. Because the defense can allow, you know, a fluke seven-point drive. They can allow that. And nobody's going to bat an eye. They're going to go, okay, time to regroup, time to refresh. But an offense has to consistently put up those numbers or it just doesn't make any sense. So that's why I think that having a guy like Anaya Smith in the backfield really works. But they also had pure speed in Devon A-Chain. A-Chain is a name that a lot of people think are gonna is going to break out next year. I think, personally, he already kind of reached that peak this year. But there's definitely that value with him. And overall, if you're trying to establish the run game, Dickie watched what happened with it. He saw how I have three players, each with their unique skill set. Instead of trying to force them to work in my system, I'm going to let them work in their system and implement it into my game plan. And it was successful. It's why you had the number three rusher in the SEC behind, a, a Kev, not Kevin Harris, yeah, Kevin Harris from South Carolina, and Najee Harris, who was, in my opinion, the best running back in college football this year. You had a superstar in Anaya Smith, who I believe is the best offensive player, and you have a rising star in Devon A-Chain. So, yeah. On that merit alone, and we're going to talk about this in a quick moment, but on that merit alone, if you're trying to establish the run game, Dickie's seen it work with a multitude of players, and that's a positive in his direction. 
The NCAA tournament is right around the corner, and that means a lot of balls will be going into baskets. So you should be taking care of your basket and balls with the best tools for the job. We're talking about our sponsor, Manscaped, the global leaders in male grooming from head to toe. When the clock winds down in March, be clutch and avoid the upset with Manscaped. Performance package to keep all your hairs and holes tamed. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join Manscaped movement by starting and taking care of your balls today with 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code LOCKEDONNCAA. NCAA for our exclusive offer. Your bracket isn't supposed to be perfect, but the Manscaped Performance Package will be perfect. The Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and number one overall seed this upcoming season. This amazing bundle also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer market on your balls, your butt, and body, but it checks every box in the final four run. Get 20% off with free shipping and handling when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNCAA at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy during the dance. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. But we've been telling you about Built Bar for years that it is the best tasting protein bar on the market. But Built Bar, it's not just low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and amazing protein with 100% real chocolate. But it's also willing to take the risk of betting on themselves to figuring out which is the best protein bar of all time. That's right. If you go to BuiltBar.com or go to Twitter and go Built underscore Bar, you can go ahead and vote for your favorite Built Bars of all time. I have the results for those of you listening for Monday's and Tuesday's show. Moving on was Churro Puff, Peanut Butter Brownie, and on the opposite side of the bracket... It was toffee almond and peanut butter. I am four for four killing it. I'm sure you are too. So let's look up at, at today's matchup. We got German chocolate cake versus salted caramel and mocha love versus white chocolate birthday cake. I actually am a huge white chocolate dude. I think that white chocolate is better than milk chocolate. I know. Go ahead and bring the pitchforks right now. So I'm going to have that moving on. And I do not like German chocolate cake. It's that I don't know what that brown filling is, but it does not do anything for me. So I got to go give it a salted caramel. By the way, it is caramel. As much as my girlfriend likes to call it caramel, it is caramel. And make sure to remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON220 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who's won today's matchup to become the best tasting protein bar in Built Bar history. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, you want to listen to a great podcast and find out all your sports news in under 20 minutes? If so, why not listen to our brand new show, Locked On Today? Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski gives you all the up-to-date highlighted information in under 25 minutes of what is going on in the sporting realm. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right, so we're talking Daryl Dickey. He's apparently a front runner for the job at Kansas. That does not mean he will get the job or he even wants to leave Texas A&M after a 9-1 season last year that saw them win their first New Year's Six Bowl game under the Jimbo Fisher regime. But with over 30 years of experience, Dickey has served as an offense coordinator at seven different football bowl subdivision schools, including a nine-year stint already as a head coach at the University of North Texas. Dickey played an instrumental role in Memphis's turnaround and the rise of the college football national landscape 
In two seasons prior to his arrival in 2012, the Tigers won just three games. But Dickey, along with Justin Fuente, helped change the program's image immediately. Dickey was a member of the coaching staff that helped Memphis go 37-14 and during their span, a 72.5% winning rate, and four straight bowl game appearances, a conference championship, and two division titles. The 37 wins were the most over a four-year period in Tigers history, and it also placed Memphis on the nation's top 25 football programs in wins and winning percentages for the first time in program history. I'm not going to say this as well. He also got a first-round talent to the NFL in Paxton Lynch. Now, Paxton Lynch was honestly one of the worst picks I've ever seen a team whiff on with the Denver Broncos at pick number 26. But he was a member of the staff who made Paxton Lynch look like a star. And so far, the legacy of what we've seen since Dickey has left the program with Mike Norvell, and I, I, I always blank on the new head coach's name, but Memphis has still been a very good team. A lot of that is due to what they've seen at quarterback with both Brady White and Lynch. Yeah, I, I mean, we got to go there. But again, Memphis still is not going away quietly. And they have been a team on the consistent rise over the last, I would say, seven years. And that all started with Dickey's staff. Now, Dickey, again, has already been a head coach. He coached at North Texas to nine wins for the first time in 23 years in 2003 after winning eight contests a year before. In the 2003 New Orleans Bowl, Dickey's squad suffered a 27-17 loss to Memphis. The Mean Green also went 7-5 in 2004. Under his direction, North Texas landed 70 players on the All-Sun Belt Conference list, including 39 first-team selections. Dickey was named the head coach of the Sun Belt Conference's 30-year anniversary team, and Dickey also guided the Mean Green to their first bowl victory in 57 years when the Mean Green took down Cincinnati in the 2002 New Orleans Bowl. North Texas has been a uh, product of back-to-back NCAA leading, leading rushers in Patrick Cobbs in 2003 and Demario Thomas in 2004. Cobbs led the nation with 152.7 yards per game in 2003 and Thomas repeated that with even better numbers at 180.1 yards per contest in 2004. In his final season with North Texas, Dickey suffered a big heart attack in 2006 and missed one game. In his nine-month span, Dickey had to get his gallbladder removed and was diagnosed with diabetes that caused the heart attack. So at least the big question to me, does Dickey even want the job? I don't think enough people realize it's a great, great honor to be a head coach. No matter what team you're on. And, and you know what? I'm going to go out of my way and, and just, you know, kind of bash the people who are belittling this. <laughs> you're a head coach in college football. I want to hear it. Like, like any head coaching job is good in college football. Any team that's willing to pay you a lot of money is a good job. Because if at the end of the day, that's what you've worked for. You've worked to be able to be your own boss, lead the team to your own level to lead the team in your own image. And that's exactly what he's doing. But he's already done it. And that's a big difference. If Dickey had never been a head coach, kind of like David Culley with the Houston Texans, I'm not sure David Culley is 100% sold that the Texans are a great fit for him. But the difference is 
He's never been a head coach. Maybe this is his one shot. A team comes and calls you and goes, we want you to be the head coach of our program. All right, I got to take it. Because am I ever going to get the shot again? Am I ever going to be able to build a team in my image and be successful? Am I ever going to have that moment? I don't know. So I have to take my opportunity now. And if I work, awesome. I'm so glad I worked out. But if I didn't, at this point in my life, I have no regrets. I can retire. I can say I've been here. I can say I've done it all. And so maybe that's where, you know, Daryl Dickey's mind is at right now. He could get offered the job from Jeff Long. He's shown that they can, you know, adapt to the run multiple times, not just at A&M, but well before A&M was even on the market for Dickey. He's shown that he can build contending teams from the ground up, working on staffs. The problem is that he's worked on staffs. He hasn't been the leader of the staff. If Dickey was the leader of Memphis and Memphis did that, he'd be a hot name. I pro- Daryl Dickey would not be an offense coordinator right now. They would not be. They, they he'd be somewhere else. He'd he'd be at a at a power five school. Now maybe he'd be in a you know a prove it year this year, but he'd be at a power five school if he didn't want to retire. And Dickey once again as an OC has done good. But there comes that extra pressure when you're a head coach. And he's already suffered a heart attack. Does he want that again? Was he willing to stress himself out again to be able to become a head coach one more time? He was successful at North Texas. The Big 12 is a lot different. And it's not a one-year revival for Kansas. It is going to take time. I, I Again, I, and I'm only bringing it up because if he is, Les Miles is a good coach. It took him time. So what do we make of this? I'm not sure Dickey wants it. And if he doesn't want it, I don't think he's going to take it. The NFL and college football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, and that means bets are going to be at an all-time high. That's why I recommend you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. They even cover award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. So if you're one of those guys who wants to see what happens at the end of The Bachelor, they got you covered. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's easy just to sign up for free. Head on over to their website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That promo code is locked on for 50% off your very first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. You know who the top prospects are in the NBA draft this year? Good. I don't either. I mean, legitimately, I don't. Just because of it was such a weird season last year. But you can find out all that information when you listen to our brand new show, Locked On NBA Draft. The guys over there give you up-to-date information, mock drafts, and of course, where players best fit heading into the tournament. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right, so we're going to move off of Daryl Dickey and we're going to close out the show with a big commitment at Texas A&M. Fayetteville, Arkansas, four-star wide receiver Isaiah Sagtinga, I think I'm saying that right, 
has announced his commitment to Texas A&M over the finalists, Arkansas, Baylor, Florida State, Missouri, Oregon, Oklahoma State, South Carolina, Texas Tech, and USC. He joins cornerback Drayden Norwood from the 2021 class and former offensive tackle Chris Morris from 2020 as the top-ranked player from the state of Arkansas, each of whom has chosen Texas A&M. Satinga, who grew up in Texas before moving to Arkansas a few years ago, is not only a standout on the football field, but the biggest thing of all that makes him special is his track speed. He plans to run track as well in college, just like Devon Achain. Texas A&M does have a long history of producing great talent that goes into track and does a fantastic job keeping their legacy alive. The 5'11", 170-pound wide receiver was a standout addition to a wide receiver room that has plenty of adaptability moving forward. You have no idea who's going to be your number one in a few years. It could be Satagna. That's really just kind of the deal. Satagna is rated as the nation's number 247 overall player and the number 36 wide receiver in the 2022 class, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. He is the commitment number eight for AM, and they have now moved up from number seven in recruiting all the way up to number four. He is also the second wide receiver pledge, joining six foot five, 180 pound Noah Thomas of League City Clear Springs out in Texas. This is a big deal because the wide receiver position is so weak for AM. I mean, it is so limited that any player who shines in fall camp, in spring camp, because there's always guys who come in early. Any player who shows up early and makes a name for themselves, yeah, they're going to have a really good chance to start because if somebody needs to be the wide receiver. And with a young quarterback, because no matter how you look at it, Haynes King is young. He's a redshirt freshman. Technically, he's a redshirt sophomore, but he may get his redshirt freshman another year because of Zach Calzada or a true freshman in Eli Stowers. All of them could be there for two, three years, if not longer. You need as many targets that to be successful as possible. And that's what AM comes in. To get a guy like Satigna with that track speed, just, just, just picture this for a quick second. Say Demond Demas thrives this year. Well, he becomes your number one. Say Satigna comes in and makes a big impact early on. Very early on. Okay, now you got your speed on the outside. So you got your vertical threat and you have your perimeter guy. You still could have Chase Lane, maybe Musa Muhammad. You're probably going to have Baylor Cup, who could who medically redshirted as your replacement for Jalen Weidemeyer. If Isaiah Spiller stays, I don't. I'm not sure if Anaya Smith will, but if Isaiah Spiller stays, and then you have Devon A. Chain, imagine that offense. Just, just, just humor me and imagine that offense. I promise you, if you're imagining what I'm imagining. You're seeing some scary stuff. That's to say the least. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow's show. Well, we're going to know if Texas A&M is done in the college basketball realm or will they be playing at least one more game. Texas A&M takes on Vanderbilt. We will talk the results of that game tomorrow. See you then. And remember, again, y'all, this has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.